Hello, and welcome to the Signpost Inn podcast, a space at life's crossroads to connect with God and find direction. Pour yourself a drink, grab a seat, and join us on the back porch for a friendly conversation about Christian prayer, spirituality, and faithful theology. My name's Matt. And I'm Brandon, and we're really glad you're here. The Signpost Inn podcast is brought to you by the Signpost Inn ministry, where we offer spiritual direction, retreats and sabbatical residencies, and lots of resources and training. You can find out more about what we do and support us by visiting signpostin.org. On this episode, I have a conversation with Oliver Willis, a young man who attended one of our contemplative prayer retreats. He had a pretty amazing experience that in some ways changed his view of himself and God. And I think you're gonna find his story and the conversation that we had about God's character and faith and a lot of other things to be both interesting and inspiring. If you wanna join us on a contemplative prayer retreat, please check out our website for all of our upcoming dates. But don't forget that you don't have to wait for one of our dates because we can help you schedule a group retreat for your own group or even a private retreat for you. And that could be on your schedule. Just give us a call. And now here's the show. Well, welcome everybody to the back porch. Uh, this time again, I don't have Matt Boland with me, but I have another friend, Oliver. Oliver, welcome to the Signpost Inn back porch. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. It's it's really good to see you, man. And uh, you stopped into my office here in Canyon City this this morning, and we started talking about some of your experiences uh, with the prayer retreat that you did with us last uh, spring. It was, yeah. and we. We got to talking and I was like, man, we should just do a podcast on this so that you could share some of that. So that's that's what we're doing. Um, let me introduce you a little bit. I, you were uh, a student at a gap year program here in Canyon City, which is how we met. Yeah. And I think if I remember right, as we were talking before, you met we met because you started coming to the Wednesday night uh, or or at least we got to know each other via the Wednesday night things that we do at our house. Yeah. So that was that was originally how I heard about um, signposting night. I'd heard about it uh, from one friend before who had been on a, a prayer retreat as well, and I'd heard a lot of great things about it. And then, yeah, I remember coming over on Wednesday and uh, you kind of uh, just offering that to a bunch of the other students that were part of the, the gap year program that I was in. Yeah, it was super neat. I, I remember originally hearing it from you, and uh, one of the things that you mentioned off the bat was there'll be, there'll be time in solitude. There'll be roughly six to eight hours of solitude, and I was like, no way. Per day. Six to eight hours per day. Right. Yeah. And I was like, no way. That's not for me. Thanks, Brandon. You're you're really cool, but I don't think I can do that. Um, I'm an extrovert, so that that doesn't work for me. And and then kind of after that, the Lord just really kept laying it on my heart and ended up hearing about it from some other people, and they and they really kind of motivated me to, to keep to keep searching. And man, like Lord, what where where are you leading? Where are you directing here? This is something that, uh, frankly, is kind of scary to me. I I don't want to spend six to eight hours in solitude, like that's freaky. You know, <laughs> so yeah. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I'm definitely someone that, that loves to verbally process and and not having somebody to do that with is scary to me. And on, honestly, sometimes it still is. Um, but the prayer retreat really, really opened my eyes to see um, just the, the value of being still and seeing how the Lord can work through the times of quiet. Um, and that was a concept that I didn't really understand that well. I mean, partially because I, I grew up with 11 other siblings was, was I think, I mean, part of that. But that's, um, I mean, even just kind of who I am, I'm, I'm definitely someone who loves to work. And if I'm not working, 
and I, if I'm not busy, right, it's, I, I think that I'm, I'm not fulfilling like who I'm supposed to be, you know? Mm. Yeah. And, and I guess just so people are aware and can know who it is you are, you're a young man, uh, you're 19. Just briefly tell us you grew up where school and where you're, where you're headed right now. Sure. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Chicago and then I uh, was homeschooled um, all throughout schooling up until high school. And then I took some part-time classes at a private Christian school kind of throughout uh, all four years of high school. Um, and then immediately went to this gap year program um, after my senior year of high school. And then currently, uh, so I graduated uh, this last May uh, from the gap year program and um, and am doing some traveling currently, visiting some folks, and then I'm looking to start uh, working for a family friend um, still in Illinois. And then Lord willing, in January, uh, looking to move down to Nashville, just outside Nashville, Tennessee, um, for a job opportunity that opened up down there. So Cool. So you mentioned this, the idea of stillness. And one of the things that you had told me before, before we started recording was that in that solitude, in that stillness, listening became important. And can, can you just share again, what, or what is one of the things that you, that you took away that God said to you in that space? Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that I feel like I, I heard from the Lord the, the very first time at the prayer retreat was, was super simple, right? It was just, you are my son and I love you. And I was just like, oh, really? Like, God, that's, well, that's it. Like it was, it was kind of like, I thought it was lame. I was like, Lord, I, I'm, I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for direction. I'm looking for all of these other things. And like, all you told me was I'm your son and you love me. God, I already knew that. Right. But then as I started to think about it, I was like, God, you're exactly right. I totally did need to hear that because I'd forgotten. Right. And it was like, it was such a good reminder and it was so comforting to hear it from him, right? Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm a people person. I love, I love people. I love talking to people. And even in just a basic conversation with somebody, right? I thrive off of the acknowledgement of someone nodding their head, right? Or, or giving me like just a little, mm -hmm, yeah. Right. And we, we, we love that, that acknowledgement. And it was so hard for me to go to the Lord before because I didn't necessarily have that acknowledgement from him. And I was like, Lord, I'm praying, but it kind of feels like I'm I guess, speaking out into a dark room and it's like my prayers are kind of bouncing off the wall and coming back to me. And I'm just like, well, I, I've been told all my life that, that you listen and that you hear me, but I don't know. It's just kind of hard to trust that sometimes. But then over the prayer retreat where the, I had the, the opportunity to, to sit and to just listen, right? And I, I even remember you saying, sometimes I want you to pray and then just shut up in a godly way, in a godly way, just shut up <laughs> and just listen, right? And I was like, oh, okay, I've never really done that before. I don't know what it's like to just listen. But I, I took that time to just be like, okay, Lord. And it was kind of like holding both hands open. It's like, Lord, I surrender it to you. I surrender all these worries that I have, all these things in my brain that I, I feel like I need to figure out. All of those things I surrender to you. And I trust that the things that we need to, to take care of, the things that we need to deal with, I trust that you'll bring those things back. But for right now, what do you have for me? And that was really kind of the space where the Lord revealed those things to me of, you are my son and I love you. And right, I had all these these big things in mind of like, oh God, I, I want to figure out school. I want to figure out work. I want to figure out relationships. I want like so many things I want to figure out. And so when I got this response of you're my son and I love you, it was like, oh, that's it. But man, it was so comforting. And still to this day, I feel like I still hear that sometimes in my response yeah. from the 
from the moment I hear that is, is almost the same sometimes. I'm like, oh, Lord, I, you already told me that. Like two weeks ago, you already told me that. Like, I need something different. And then he's just, it's almost like he asked me this question of like, but do you? Do you need something different, right? And it's like, oh man, super convicting because I, I I continue to forget that, right? And all throughout the Old Testament, we see that pattern too with the with the Israelites, where they they continually are told, remember the works of the Lord, remember what He's done for you, right? This idea of like setting up an Ebenezer, a stone of remembrance, so that when the young kids ask, right, mom, dad, like what what do, what is this stone for? Like why why do we do this tradition? Why do we do that? It gives the parents an opportunity to say, well, this is what the Lord has done. Right. And so often that that's so true for us today, too, is we need to we need to remember. We need to look back and see the faithfulness of the Lord. We need to continually remember that. And frankly, the way that the Lord's been doing that for me recently is by telling me this simple phrase, You're my son and I love you. It it sounds like, if I'm understanding correctly, that the phrase, you're my son and I love you kind of means something more to you now because it was a personal response from God. Mm. As you said, like, you know, we all know that that's true. We've all been taught that and that's good. I mean, but that there was some opportunity or some space where it went beyond the mental check. Yes, I assent to that truth. Yes, God loves me to, I think the words you used is something like surrender to it. Sure. Um, for me, the space, the silence, the solitude is there's nothing magical about it. It's just that it presents me the opportunity to rest my soul in that mental truth that I know rather than just think it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And I'd, I'd love to capitalize on, on that word surrender, I think, too, that you just used a minute ago, because that was the word for me that allowed me to kind of be drawn away from the, the mental busyness and to hear, to hear from the Lord, to hear those words. Again, that those open hands letting go and saying, Lord, I, I do surrender. Every part of my fleshly self wants to control those things. I want to hold on to those things so tightly, but I need to give those to you. So I surrender that to you. Yeah, that was that, was that word uh, that you asked us to, for me, that was that word that you asked us to find at the beginning of the week. Hey, find a word that that draws you kind of out of out of the river. And there's an an analogy there that we used um, that was super helpful for me. Um, that, but yeah, to draw me out of the river, to draw me out of that mental busyness, and just look at everything. Look at look at what you're you're thinking about, right? And let the Lord take care of that, and you just be with Him. And that man, that that term of just being with Him was super powerful. Yeah, that analogy is taken from. Um, one of the authors on centering prayer or contemplative prayer. And it's and the analogy is that uh, for the people who are listening, the analogy is that our our mental life, as you said, is so busy, right? It's often like boats going down a river and and that river is crammed full of boats. And being able to take the time to sit down on the bank with Jesus mm. and let the boats go on by. And in and to let that be a prayer, like the prayer can be to let the thoughts just pass on through and go to Jesus and be his, be God's. And I don't need to get on the boat, which is our temptation, right? You know, the bo- the big boat comes down the river and it's right. banging its guns and everything's going crazy. Yeah. And I get on the boat and I want to control it and sail it. And then I'm on the river and I'm crazy. But there is a space where we can, as you said, sit with Jesus and let that stuff go. And And that's that image of surrender that you're talking about. Yeah, and, and for me, Brandon, the way that I kind of visualize that is I'm, I'm standing in the middle of the river when I'm letting anxiety and worry kind of control, right? And it's like, it's, it's almost like I can't even focus on one boat 
because they're all whizzing by so so fast and I'm like kind of dodging them you know I'm like whoa like that was super close I almost got hit and I, I can't focus just on one one thing and th those things might be again work school relationship like it might be whatever and it's so hard to just focus on one of those things because there's so many of them and again it, it goes back to that mental busyness um, and not being able to, to yeah to focus and so being able to finding that word, right, to draw yourself out and to sit on the bank with Jesus and to see those things, you're like, whoa, that thing that I thought was such a big deal, it's really, it's really not, it's really not that big of a deal. And it's, it's just like a little jet ski, you know, like, it's, it's not even a big, it's not even a big boat. And then there's certain things too, where it's the opposite, right? It's like, wow, that is a big deal. But I've put zero thought into that. And it's like, the boat kind of comes down the river, and it's like scraping along the sides of the river, because it's so big. And you're like, how's that thing even floating in the river, right? But being drawn out of the river, you, you get to see that. And it's an opportunity, again, to, to, to surrender, to say, Lord, these are the things that I give to you. And I trust that if you take those, you will bring back the things that we need to work through. And most of the time, he, he brings them out one at one at a time. And it's super simple. And you're like, oh, wow, those things that I was dealing with, or that, that I had to wrestle with all at the same time seemed impossible. But when you just brought, when you brought out one at a time, God, like we were able to work through it and it was super simple. And he's like, yeah, I, I love doing that for my kids. He's a good father, right? He's, he, he loves doing that. He loves, he loves watching us surrender to him. Exactly. I, I, I am resonating so deeply with that, that. I love the image of being in the river and dodging boats. I had, that has not been my image, sure. but it, it, it's, I think it's going to become because that captures for me the experience of how dangerous the busyness like feels, whether it's not really like you said, right? Because God is protecting me, but I feel like those boats are going to slam me in the face and drown me. So I love that image. Right. But I just, I wanted to pick up on something, something that connects so deeply with what you just said, that you have been asking people how they think of, correct me if I'm wrong, how they think of themselves and then how they think of God thinking of them. Right. And that seems to, like there's a, such a good connection there between your experience of Jesus saying, Hey, this is a big boat, or this is a small boat, or we're going to deal with this one-on-one -on -one, or one at a time because you're my son and I love you. And this is how I love dealing with my kids and the experiences you're having with people who don't have, or do have that picture of God. Can, what are the questions you're asking and unpack that a little bit? Right. Yeah. And I, I think it comes back to, again, that like dependence on God and, and, and hearing things from the Lord, because that's so, it's so powerful. The thing that I'm, I'm encouraging people with is man, we need to be reminded of these scriptural truths because we so often forget. Um, and so the questions, that, yeah, the questions that I've asked people recently is, first, I'll, I'll, I'll ask them, hey, despite what you've heard growing up, not that those things aren't true, right? We know that Jesus loves us, that um, that he is a good father, right? That he has our, our best interest in mind, right? Despite those things, what is it, like, what do you think of when you think of God? And then the second question that I follow up with is, um, what do what do other people think of you? Like, what do you think other people think of when they think of you, right? Um, and then the third question that I ask is, what is it that God thinks of you, right? When you think of what God's thinking about and He thinks of you, like what what is that? that some of the the responses that I've gotten from that are very they're very eye opening, and I, I totally resonate with a lot of them because they, they'll say things like, "Oh man, I, I see myself as as a disappointment." Right? And it's like, wow, like I've totally been there too, though, right? When, when something doesn't go your way or something doesn't go as according to what you had planned, you're like, God, like I, I, you, you asked me to do this and then I failed. I, 
I'm a sinner, I'm fallen. And it's, it's so it's so easy to bite onto those lies because there's little truths in there, right? The little truth being, we are sinners, we are broken, we are fallen, but that doesn't need to reflect on our identity in Christ. No, we are beloved sons and daughters of the King. Yeah, the way I understand that is that the the actual fact of my brokenness, my diseased nature, my corrupt nature, that, that that is a true fact. But the lie is that that is my complete and sole identity in God's eyes. Right. Yeah. And when he like when we believe fully in in Jesus, God looks down and he sees his son in our place. He doesn't see our our broken our brokenness, right? It's the same story of the Passover lamb, right? When when the Lord passes over, he sees the blood of the lamb. He doesn't see the sin of the people. And it's the same for us when we when we fully trust in who God is and who Jesus is, what he's done for us. God looks down and he sees his son. He sees righteousness instead of unrighteousness. And that's super powerful, getting to tell that to somebody saying, hey, look, yes, I, I understand on a flesh, like kind of on a fleshly level, that you feel like a disappointment, that you feel low, that you feel down. That's totally under like that's understandable. I, I've been there. Right. But if you if you believe in Jesus, if, if this is something that you actually have made your own, that's not how Jesus sees you. Right? He he looks down and he sees his son. He sees his daughter. All throughout the New Testament, we're we're referred to as co-heirs with Christ. Right? Paul talks about that. And it's like, man, what what does that actually mean though? Right? If we are co-heirs with Christ. We have become like the same things that were said about Jesus are now said about us. And so when Jesus was baptized, right, the father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. That same phrase is said to us. And man, getting to tell that to somebody is super powerful when they've just told you they feel like a disappointment. No, I, I see how you feel, but that's not what God says about you. Look, read it right here in scripture. Read what he says. He says, you're my son, you're my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. That's that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I I'm always sensitive to where we place the ifs, the, mm. that word if in our sentences. Sure. And I feel the tension that someone feels often when we say, "Well, if you fully trusted Christ, then this is true." And so I I want to reverse it. Like I want to say that what Scripture says is not if you fully trust Christ, then this is true. But if Christ fully loves you, then this then then this is true, because what that does is draws our attention to the very passages that you're talking about, right? Because sure. what I want to know now is not well have I have I fully done it, but what I want to know now is has Christ fully done it, mm. you know? And then I start to go well, let me go see. Yeah. Well, yeah, he really has. He he. Wait, no, no. He's done this. He's called me this. He's done this for me. He's, you know, he's died and rose again. Not least of which, I mean, that's the most important, because what that one is is showing me the heart of God. Yeah. You, you know, and I think the encounter you had with God saying to you, or at least let me let me put it in my own language for me, the encounter I had when that same phrase, "You're you're my son and I love you," came to me from God. I had a very similar response of. I already knew this, but now it has the character of a promise. It has the character of a promise that's backed up by the action of Christ who did the thing that like he meant it. Otherwise he wouldn't yeah. have died for me. Mm. For me, that's where full trust comes from. Mm. 
Like my life is, is this growing process of more fully trusting because I'm more fully seeing the reality I live in. Mm, God loves me. He died for me. Yes. I have sin. Yes. I am. I, there's a lot of stuff that is wrong with me, but that's, that's the stuff that he actually really enjoys and loves fixing in me. That's where, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, everything. Yes. I just want to reverse where the if is like put the if on Jesus rather than on me. Yeah. And I, I need to continually remember what the Lord has done. I need to look back and see where he's led. I need to, mm. I need to continually remember that because that helps me trust the future. That helps me trust the Lord more when I'm stepping out in faith. And it's super hard when your gaze is only straightforward. And it's kind of like he's this little ear in your voice going, hey, look back, look what I've done for you, right? And it's like, oh, and, and you kind of get these moments where you're like looking back and you're like, oh, yeah, God, you have been faithful. Like you've been, you've been so faithful. Like all my life you have been faithful. Yeah, totally. You think people, young people, uh, you told me you think that they, more of them, you wished that more of them would take the time to do something like this prayer retreat with a lot of silence and solitude. Why? Yeah. I, I struggle a little bit because it was so good for me and I don't want to expect that it's going to, like God is going to reveal the exact same things to other people, right? But I think the Lord is, like I said earlier, he's, he's so eager to reveal himself. He wants us to listen, right? And we're caught in this busyness. We're caught in the, I guess, even the assumption that we're busy, right? Even if we're actually not, right? Because our minds are so busy. I need the time to, to listen to where the Lord is actually leading. And the Lord is eager to give answers. He wants to reveal himself to us. And maybe the thing that he's trying to tell you is just very simply, you're my son and I love you. It's like, oh man, Lord, but I, I was hoping you'd, you'd tell me where to go to school. I'd hoping, I was hoping you'd tell me where to work. You know, He does want to work through those things. But if that's not the biggest issue, that's not what he's going to work through. And Right. And, and there's there's much bigger things that the Lord wants to reveal to us and, and tell us. We need to be open to to listen. Right. We need to to kind of shut up in a godly way of just like, Lord, I need to hear from you. I've been talking way too much and I, I'm not even willing to listen to you at some points. Lord, you you reveal yourself to me, like te- like tell me what I need to hear from you and give me the the willingness to just sit and listen. And again, I think that's super valuable for young people because we need that direction. We need that closeness, that intimacy with the Lord. Uh, Amen. It is not just young people that need to hear that. It's people that need to hear that because we are all desperately clinging to try to, you know, to control what we, the, what we think is control. I am desperately clinging often to what I think is control. Mm. And, you know, what you're saying is something that God has also taught me that the point of life is not what school I go to, what job I have, what ministry I run, what people think of me. The real point is the growing of my trust and surrender to God, to his love. Man, Oliver, thank you. Um, thanks for hanging out with me and to- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and to all of our listeners, um, may the grace of Christ go with you wherever the road takes you. Thanks for tagging along with us this time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit us at signpostin.org. While you're there, sign up for our e-newsletter and we'll send you a free ebook. Also, a big thanks to all of our supporters. Signpost In is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry 
and we exist only because of our generous donors who make everything we do possible. Please consider supporting us with your recurring donation. Visit signpostin.org slash donate.